when you're communicating music in a performance, it, it is transformative for you, isn't it? Well, you know, I feel that when you have this chance to perform, it is a, a, a living, breathing thing that's happening. You know, it's unfolding. It just, just in front of all our eyes, mine included, you know, it hasn't unfolded before for me. In this situation of giving a live performance, even I don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, that's why it, it's exciting, but it's also, you know, um, really quite quite scary as well, I have to say. Um, but there's, there's this sense of, um, I suppose, the need to, to push your boundaries, to, to just peep round that corner, what else you can do in that performance, you know. And um, and it's having the this, this sort of faith to try things at that moment when it's so crucial, you know, when in fact you should be thinking perhaps, well, look, I am going to play this exactly how I practiced it because I know that works. But somehow that seems to go out of the window and you feel this need to, well, I know what works, but... I'm really anxious to try it this way because that's how I feel at this particular moment. And it's really quite fascinating. So for me, you know, as a player, I suppose that's why I'm quite, um, you know, why I like improvised concerts so much because um, I just love this feeling of, of having a, a, a blank sheet of paper that you, you actually paint sound on. And, and I'm really fascinated by that and, and I'm doing more and more of that. Um, but for me, that I think is absolutely um, stripping yourself bare completely. And, you know, the audience is sitting there without any program notes whatsoever. They have absolutely no idea what your first note is actually going to be or your first sound. And neither does the performer. So we're on equal footing there. You know, we're starting the concert in exactly the same way. Really. So you are you are well, you are in a in a zone in a way. And then, how do you feel at the end of the concert? Do you feel energized? Um, well, I'm. I I think that um, there have been very few occasions whereby I felt, my goodness, that was utterly incredible. And I think most musicians would would say that. I think most musicians would believe that to be in that zone and to feel afterwards that, gosh, what happened there? That was extraordinary. I think it happens so rarely, but it's what we actually strive towards. Um, yes, there are concerts whereby you may feel, well, there were a few bits and pieces going on there. Um, however, yes, you do feel energized because that energy and presence of people and the awareness of what was going on was was really crystal clear and you really felt part of it you know um, so that's a different kind of energy but then there are many many times whereby you're you're analyzing things to death and you want to throw yourself into the nearest river and uh, you know you you feel down but sometimes you know there could be receptions and people to meet and so on and and you have to be um, nice and cheerful um, but actually it's at that time when you really would just like five minutes to yourself to just you know feel the weight of what's gone on so this is what I mean about the roller coaster ride you know is that to tap into really your own feelings about what has happened can often come about maybe 
you know, three, four, five hours later, even, even more than that, by the time you actually have that space and peace just to settle down and, and gather your thoughts, really. Clearly, you are a musician who is always um, evolving, I suppose, becoming. I mean, your sense of curiosity uh, is completely undiminished. Um, do you feel you're in a different space now, somehow, compared to 10, 15 years ago? Well, I think what's fascinating now and, and why I'm enjoying my own um, personal journey, I suppose, as I get older, is that I'm actually enjoying getting older. You know, I'm enjoying the fact that I'm at the age now where clearly I can look back as to what has happened, the, the journey that has happened to date, but I can also look forward, whereas before I could only look forward in a way, you know. And uh, so it's it's kind of interesting, you know. It, it, you feel as though you're on a on a hill almost, and you can really see around you. Um, whereas you were, I found you know when I started out, I was just sort of seeing the, the the top of the hill. Well, that's where I would like to to aim for, or that's the route I'd like to go, or or whatever. But everything was was um, you know going upwards. Really, that journey was was going to be a bit of a trek, and. Um, and really now, you know, the, the, the challenge is to keep that curiosity, is to really understand that a lot of the people you learn things from is, is the new generation. It's the new blood that's, that's coming through. And it's why I'm very interested in the collaborations, the different types of collaborations. Um, the most recent one was with uh, DJ Yoda at the Nordlands Festival in Budo in Norway. And, um, you know, he has come to a point where he has done more or less all he can within the DJ world, in the club world, and he's pushing his boundaries as far as the visuals and sound. And he has this need to, to just kind of, again, have a look at, at what has happened in his own career. And so the two of us have come together with this kind of same view and uh, we both admire each other, and here we are collaborating, you know, on on literally this this experiment, you know, where is it going to go? And we don't know yet, but we need to have these steps to um, or opportunities to really try things out, you know, and maybe fall down, who knows, and try things again, and try this way, try that way. And it pushes the boundaries, not just of your own work, but though, those who work with you. So the technical team, you know, the sound engineers, the, the, the visual people, the lighting people, um, and, and also the managements as well. And I think that's really important, is to, to get them thinking outside the box too. It just occurs to me that, um, I, I, I may be mistaken, but I think, I think Simon Rattle started out as a percussionist. Do, do you ever think you might, you will, you would possibly do any conducting? Would I conduct? Um, goodness me, I, you know, I have thought about it but done nothing about it because I think the thing that scares me um, about it is um, really being quick off the mark as far as truly hearing what is going on in the orchestra as far as intonation, um, if it's new pieces of music picking up quickly on um, odd notes or what we call smelly notes, you know, um, that need to be corrected and that sort of thing. And I certainly wouldn't be able to pick that up quick enough. Mm. And so there would have to be a huge amount of trust 
um, obviously between the players and myself, which I believe could be the case, but it would need a different type of preparation from the orchestral members. So, for example, I would want to see at least one full score in the green room, in the canteen, that sort of thing, so that players can really delve into that, because very often they learn their own part, but not quite, they're not quite sure where it how it ties up with everybody else until the conductor comes along and says, oh, trumpets, you're with the double basses there, by the way, you know. Well, I'd want that homework to be done before I, I, I step on the podium, really, um, so that there is this, this sense of trust. You get that with conductorless orchestras, so orchestras that, that work without a conductor, where you know many of the players will be sitting there with two music stands, one with the full score and one with their the part. And the sense of ownership of the piece is quite extraordinary then, you know, and it, it's a different kind of feel altogether. And I'd love symphony orchestras to, to have maybe one or two concerts within a season that does not have a conductor, because the listening skills and the teamwork become so heightened and so incredible that the audience then listen in a different way. So... I think my role would be more as a support system rather than uh, imposing something. So I'd really want to have this this um, uh, communication with the orchestra whereby, well, you own this piece of music, really. Um, I can certainly guide and, and suggest and um, help where needed. But as far as the basics, like making sure the notes are all there, um, knowing who else is playing with you and, and where you're, you're going to with that phrase, where you're coming from, who's taking over, and so on and so forth. I want that to be sorted out, for sure. Well, it's an, it's an exciting prospect, a possibility. <laughs> the thing about conducting is that I would be travelling with one stick <laughs> as opposed to a whole bag. And <laughs> one advantage. Uh, it's been a great pleasure, Dame Evelyn Glennie. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank